Hi everyone, welcome to your podcast for College Catholics. As we are getting closer to the March for Life 2022, we will dedicate two episodes to encourage and promote the respect for life from the moment of conception to natural death. So our guest today will be Sean Carney, President and CEO of 40 Days for Life, which is a pro-life organization. We will talk a bit later about what 40, Day for, 40 Days for Life does. Sean was, uh, he started as a volunteer in the pro-life movement while still in college. At that time, he helped lead the first ever local 40 Days for Life campaign. He then got more involved in the pro-life movement. Sean has been instrumental in making 40 Days for Life grow nationally and then internationally from its beginning. He's a regular regular media spokesperson. He works, um, and his work has been featured on many media outlets, including Fox News, USA Today, Sirius XM, EWTN Radio, and many others. Sean has spoken to innumerable audiences in the U.S. and internationally. He has, he has executive produced award-winning pro-life documentaries, which are, you can find them online. Uh, and he has co-authored 40 Days for Life, Discover What God Has Done, Imagine What He Can Do. He wrote uh, The Beginning of the End of Abortion, To the Heart of the Matter, and the latest book, What to Say When. Sean lives in Texas with his wife and eight children, and he's a good friend of Midas Christi. Sean, how are you doing? Good, and I am a good friend and a big fan of Melis Christie. So thank you for <laughs> thank you for including that. <laughs> yeah, it's great to have you here on the podcast. Um, so how has been life going on, and how are you uh, getting ready for the March for Life? Yeah, well, I think it's a uh, an exciting March for Life to to go to. Uh, I'll you be bet. speaking at the uh, at the San Diego March for Life actually on the on the fifteenth. Oh, that's awesome of January. Yes, so. Um, you know, the March for Life is going to be different this year in that, you know, we've just had our first full year of the most pro-abortion government we've ever had in the history of the United States. Right. Um, that's not a, a sensational statement, unfortunately. It's it's just so, a, a true one. So he's not going to show up in the March for Life and, and speak pro-life? I don't think so. I don't think we're going to see <laughs> Biden come over unless he gets lost and is wandering around <laughs> D.C. and just shows up, But the uh, which could happen also. But it, it it's so great because, you know, despite having the most pro-abortion government in our history, we, we had uh, a really a record year for the pro-life movement, both in, in laws that were passed and the, the Dobbs case challenging Roe v. Right. Wade, and we'll, we'll get those results later this year in June, um, but also just so many great victories at the local level. And so right. uh, it, was, it was a great year, and, and going in, it, it didn't look like it was going to be. Right, right, right. And uh, yeah, and thank you for all you, you do. You guys do at uh, 40 Days for Life. So I introduced a little bit about what you do and what 40 Days for Life is. But why? Uh, I would like to let our listeners know more about this great apostolate. So why don't you tell us how you started with 40 Days for Life? Well, uh, one of the blessings of my life, which I didn't really know at the time, was all through high school, I was, I was very pro-life. We had, um, I'm from Tyler, Texas, which is a missionary diocese. And I right. think it's, it used to be 2% when I was there. Now it's up to wow. 4% Catholic. But um, I discerned the priesthood all through high school, mainly because we had the example of 
good priests. And wonderful. And they they helped me discern out of that and actually consider a marriage. I was sort of the opposite of most kids. I was determined to be a priest and closed to everything else in life. And so um, I ended up discerning out of that and, you know, I'm married and have eight kids. But feeling called uh, discerning the priesthood all through high school um, and being involved in the pro-life movement was really a great uh, preparation for me to to get involved more in the pro-life movement, to sort of have that seriousness of of disposition of what you're supposed mm-hmm. to do with your life. This is what Miles Christie does better than I think anybody else right now in our country is giving people access to the silence and the spiritual exercises and, and just asking the question, you know, right. why are you here? What are you supposed to do with your life? And, and um, I, I was fortunate to have that in high school through wonderful priests. And so when I went to Texas A&M university, um, I wanted to be a lawyer, uh, Mary Lisa and I wanted a lot of kids and and I I like the law and so mm-hmm. I thought well that's what I'm going to do and we both got involved as as sidewalk counselors uh we would go out and and reach out to women considering abortion reach out to the workers and um and it really just broke my heart as a college student getting heavily involved that these were my peers you know one in four right. women will have an abortion in college um you know, 25% of them, one in four will have an abortion in college. And so, you know, there's, they take notice when their peers are out there praying for them. And so I got really involved in the pro-life movement. We saw our local abortion numbers going up in College Station, Texas, or I went to Texas A&M. And so we just uh, decided to dedicate everything to a 40-day time period. Um, for obvious reasons of how God uses that and how the church uses that time period to bring about transformation and internal conversion. And so we did 40 days for life, which is 40 days of prayer, fasting, and a peaceful vigil outside of our, our Planned Parenthood. It was a 24-hour vigil. Um, and then city after city started asking us how we did that. So in the fall of 2007, we launched 40 Days for Life as a nationally coordinated effort. And we hoped we'd have maybe 20 cities. And wow. um, we had 89 in, in 33 states. So what happened was that was the fall of 07. And there were a lot of cities that didn't want to do it. They were like, oh, I don't know, this could be crazy. And, and we could have been crazy. We were very unknown, you know. Um, so a lot of places were clamoring for a Linton campaign. So we had a very right. quick turnaround and Ash Wednesday in 2008 was on February the 9th, I believe. Memory serves me. So very early, very cold. And we had 53 more cities participate. And then 40 Days for Life just exploded. I mean, the following two years, we we doubled a, each year in the number Incredible. of cities that were participating. And, and now 40 Days for Life has been done in, in over a thousand cities in 65 different countries. And so it's just, you know... Uh, exploded by the grace of God over all these years, and um, and it's been fun to see. Now, when you say cities that uh, incorporate Forty Days for Life, this is uh, these are private individuals that uh, choose to organize this. Yeah, that's a good question. Most of them are. Um, we have a few dioceses that mm. sponsor and lead 40 Days for Life. That's campaigns. awesome. Yes, um, Forty Days for Life would not have been 
possible without the support of the U.S. bishops. I, I, I don't. Sh- I try to share that when I can because the U.S. bishops, uh, you know, often get beat up and sometimes yep. for very good reason. But Forty Days for Life, I mean, they have they have embraced us every every diocese. We've had a few little run-ins, but we've explained what we are, and what we aren't, and bishops who maybe were skeptical at first have have promoted the campaign. Um, and that's just very rare. We're very blessed as an apostolate. I mean, and then now that goes worldwide. We've never had a, a cardinal or or a bishop, you know, ban forty days for life. And so, but in the early days, you know, we had to overcome a huge stereotype, which is if you're pro life and you do any kind of activism, you go outside then you're a terrorist and you want to shoot abortion doctors and you want to bomb abortion clinics. And and in 2007 and eight, when we were launching this, that was very fresh in people's minds because a lot of that went on in the 1980s and uh, right. 1990s. And so uh, it took time to overcome that stereotype and we have uh, overcome it. But um, with that, the, the support, early support of U.S. bishops was is not a gimme for any apostolate. Absolutely. But, but we're very fortunate. That's good. That's good. Well, thank you for for sharing all that. Um, so for me, that's all really remarkable and definitely the work of providence in our world and our uh, church. And all your efforts and prayers are definitely gre- uh, needed. So uh, now, typically, as you were saying, uh, maybe before it was more, but I think there's still a little bit of that. Then when people hear the phrase pro-life, uh, they immediately think about political issues, right, or, or lobbying, so forth, um, political lobbying. So I know 40 Days for Life is not about that. It's more about uh, respecting God's law and helping wounded people and uh, praying. So uh, why don't you uh, tell me a little bit, what is the typical, what does it mean? Oh, we have 40 Days for Life in the city. What, what does that imply? What is it that you're doing and what's a day-to-day, let's say, apostolate and activity? And, and in what ways do you help the people, right? Yes, yes. And that, that's, that's very important because we're, we're not a political group. We're not a, we're not a lobbying group. And we work with a lot of other great groups that, that do that and do it better than we ever could. Um, the essence of 40 Days for Life is, is presence. Thomas Aquinas said the, the essence of presence. And so it's very sacramental in the sense that we physically go out to the abortion facilities. And so, right. yes, of course, we, we pray in our homes for an end to abortion. Yes, of course, we pray in our churches uh, for an end to abortion. But there are certain things in the history of the world that, that call us out uh, into Absolutely. the public. And, and, and abortion certainly is one of those. And so that's the difference is that we have a local leader. They go through our training. Uh, it's about a, a six-week training. Oh, that's important. That's so important. Yes. They, they sign a statement of peace. We teach them how to work with local law enforcement, how to le- work with their city, know their rights, uh, reach out to churches, reach out to Protestant churches. If they're Catholic, reach out to Catholic churches if they're Protestant. And we train them. We train them on the media. Um, and and then we start our physical vigils. And, and the physical vigils are are, are why women turn around. You know, I mean, we've helped over 20,000 uh, moms that we know of who, who chose life for their baby. Uh, we've helped 239 uh, abortion facility workers who who were inside and looked out and kept seeing these vigils outside their right, workplace. Right. And you can't do that if you're not physically there. 
Right. Um, it, it doesn't mean that you live out there and this, you, you're like not going to adoration or mass anymore because you're always at 40 days for life. That's not what it means. But it means that this apostolate or, or the, the fact that we're living in this time in history, we can take an hour, a week or a month or whatever your commitment can be and make this part of our spiritual life that right. we confront the culture one of the most powerful things a deacon told me actually he was 75 years old and he was a marine and he had served our country and had been a deacon many many decades a very a very good deacon and he said that 40 days for life was the first time he ever felt like he was publicly standing up for his faith in, in a hostile culture absolutely that's awesome and I, I you know i think it has that element where it goes a long way because of where we are. Everybody knows why we're there. And it just is a simple call to attention of the injustice that goes on where we live, uh, but also the fact that we're not helpless in it and we can put our faith in God and do something about it. Right. And also, there, uh, your, the presence, your presence, the presence of all the people you know that do this, um, it's almost, if you want, a, a presence that is purely and exclusively for the benefit of those that are in there, right? So it's not with strings attached. You don't want to take something from them and you're doing it from your heart and you're, and also the other thing, it's typically, it's, it's good, nice, normal people, you know, like those people that are willing to to talk and are patient and are and nice. They're not going to throw stones at you. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll use this as an opportunity to, to quote Father Patrick to Father Patrick. Um, you said one time, I, maybe it must have been on a retreat or something, but um, you said being Catholic means being set apart from the world. We're not we're not of the world. It does not mean being a weirdo. <laughs> right, and right, I right. that was a very uh, <laughs> profound quote in the history of the Catholic Church, uh, but right. but very needed, and and I think that being approachable to boyfriends who are paying for an abortion or women who are going in for an abortion or or certainly the the abortion you know workers you know we we have local forty days for life leaders that are that are the godparents of babies who were saved from abortion, that are wow. the babies are named after a leader. We just had a, a mom in Cleveland name one of her triplets after the 40 Days for Life leader in Cleveland. Amazing. So, you know, we go out there with a disposition of hope. We're not, we're not ticked off that the world isn't as it ought to be. So now right. we're going to go out and show them. It, it's, it's a disposition of hope that, that there's a, a hope that's out there. You don't see it now. You're clouded. Um, and, and yet we're here for you. We're reaching out to a stranger. We're the only ones that want to be there. The people right. who work in the industry, that wasn't their plan. The people who are in the parking lot wanting an abortion, that's obviously not their plan. Uh, and even the doctors, no one grows up to be an abortion doctor. Something went wrong in their path. And um, so we're really the only ones that desire to be there of just total free will. And, they recognize that and they recognize it when it's hot and when it's cold and when it's raining. And that goes a very right. long way. Right. Right. And, uh, so, and one other question here, um, I, I hadn't planned this question, but it's like, we're talking about the 40 days for life. And of course it's maybe related to, uh, Lent, but why 40 days for life? Why the, why the prayer vigil has to be 40 days? Yeah. Because God uses that time frame. And because we're weak and frail and lazy. 
And so we can we we need a we need a start and we need a a finish. And when you go and you ask somebody to stand in front of an abortion facility and pray, I mean, there's just it's amazing how creative they get, myself included, of finding an excuse not to do that. You know, right. it's it's very easy and it it is uncomfortable. And so it has a beginning and an end. And God does use a 40 days. And there's right. something very Absolutely. powerful in, in doing it with the in conjunction with the season of Lent, which the 40 days for life ends on Palm Sunday. It ends before Holy Week. Um, but it's a it's a very powerful time period. Now, as 40 days for life has grown we have many campaigns that they would do both a fall campaign and a spring right. campaign. And uh-huh. we have, we have taken them to, to year round. We have a program called 40 days for life 365, where you can be out there every business day that the, that the abortion facility is operating. And we have about 70 locations that actually do that year round. Um, but the 40 day time period is, you know, you can pick an intention for the unborn. You can, you can fast or you can do an extra devotion or you can go, you know, out to the vigil. Um, but make no mistake, it really wears in a good way on these abortion facility workers, many of whom are fallen away Catholics. Uh, it's very, very typical. And Ramona Trevino was a fallen away Catholic. She was running a, a Planned Parenthood in the Dallas area. And she started listening to Catholic radio and it started resonating with her and Mm -hmm. she felt guilty about what she was doing. And then 40 days for life showed up and she came back to the church on divine mercy Sunday and she quit her job. Wow. Um, That's amazing. So it's a very, it's a beautiful witness, particularly those of us who are Catholic, because really the workers especially are just, they're longing for the church. I mean, Many of them leave and either return, leave their job, return to Catholicism or convert to Catholicism. And, um, you know, I was one of the sponsors for Abby Johnson and her husband when when they came into the church. And, you know, without any kind of hope in the world, that that just wouldn't be possible. So we go out there with a disposition of of hope. That's awesome. So, so how can uh, college students um, that are listening or will listen to this episode uh, get involved in some way with the work that you do? Well, the, the first thing is, is to go to the website. Go to 40daysforlife.com and find the location closest to you, um, which most college cities have an abortion uh, facility and have a 40 Days for Life campaign. Con- college conveniently station, placed, right? Yes, typically. conveniently placed. And ironically, I hope this continues, but 40 Days for Life, um, you know, we started in College Station, Texas, and that facility ended up closing in 2013. It, it became our, our headquarters in 2014. Wow. So we have a beautiful memorial to the unborn behind our, our office. Uh, but College Station is now the largest college city in America that does not have an abortion provider. So most of them do. Um, and sign up. You you go to your local campaign. You'll see a map at 40daysforlife.com. I certainly want to encourage them to to find your closest campaign and, and to go out there. There's nothing more exciting as a young person. Everybody wants to protect the earth and loves the environment. Right, right, Everybody, right. you know, wants to help immigrants. Everybody wants to feed the poor. Uh, but half the people in our country feel that it's perfectly fine to dehumanize an entire segment of our population. 
because of their size and location. And as a young person, that always drove me. You know, you want to be part of history. You want to be part of something. Um, you want to risk getting canceled. Um, go and, and participate in, in 40 Days for Life. It's a beautiful thing for your soul and and it certainly helps heal our culture. We also have a podcast. Uh, if they want to listen to uh, our the 40 Days for Life podcast, they can. But it's much better to to take that step and and to to go out there. Right, right. And it's a it's a great sacrifice. A way you know sometimes people like to do like fasting or uh, sacrifices that in a sense we choose to do that are in a sense easier and also maybe I can also lose weight and I can get uh, stronger. But going to uh, uh, Planned Parenthood and doing a prayer vigil, it seems that it's like you need to die to yourself to be there. And uh, and then the reward, the spiritual rewards are are amazing. They are. They really are. And there's a peace out there. It's it's not people screaming. It's not, you know, it, it's it's very quiet and it's very calm. And, and you're, once you kind of get over the initial awkwardness, you're very glad that you're there and for us Americans and so many other places around the world, think of all the generations that have gone before us and and died so that we have the right to go out. You know, right. Absolutely. Uh, we, we, we can go out and speak. Canada is trying to get zones of silence around hospitals that do abortion. So you can't even mention abortion, you know, but that we're crazy. America, we can still do it. Europe, we can still do it. Latin America, we can still do it. And so it's. It's great. The largest growth of 40 Days for Life right now is is Latin America. It's it's beautiful. So, um, you know, we we need to use our rights and do it. Yes, for God, but also for our country, no matter where we live, because we can't have a country if we don't have children. Right. Absolutely. So and finally, next week, we will have you again in our podcast speaking about one of the books you wrote, uh, actually the most recent one. So can you give us uh, we'll talk about it next week, but can you give us a brief sneak peek on your book, What to Say When? Yes, it's What to Say When, The Complete New Guide to Discussing Abortion. And it opens, like I think another one of my books opens, in a college classroom, in an encounter that I had. So right. it is perfect for college students. There's not only the traditional arguments for abortion, but the new weird and bizarre things that come up. And we cover it all in in What to Say When. It's a very easy book to use, and you'll you'll know what to say and what not to say when abortion comes up. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Sean, and I look forward to uh, discussing your new book next week. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please keep Sean, his family, and the 40 Days for Life apostolate in your prayers as we come closer to the National March for Life in Washington, D.C. on January 21st. And also keep Sean in, in your prayers when he speaks at the March for Life in San Diego. If you have any questions about this or any other episode, don't hesitate to send us uh, an email at info at fourcollegecatholics.org. I'd love to hear from you. And if you can, leave a review on Apple Podcasts to encourage others to listen in as well. May God bless you, and we'll see you next time. 